Thomas Anderson is back with another dollop of bittersweet nostalgia. Today I'm talking about Asteroid City. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. movie friends welcome to scott's self-indulgent movie podcast i am scott and today i am talking about wes anderson's latest movie asteroid city which is available to rent and is also currently streaming on peacock so yeah really like this one and for reasons i'll get into i'll explain why this one uh and in particular a lot of wes anderson's more recent movies have kind of jived with me a bit more than i perhaps thought they would so without further ado let's get started i have had a seesaw relationship with wes anderson when I was first watching movies besides big-time blockbusters, Anderson's early films like Rushmore, Rushmore and the Royal Tenenbaums were a solid introduction to indie movies and a different side of Bill Murray. Like, sure, I had seen movies with comedic montages before, but rarely off the beaten path kinks or to barely off the beaten path uh, kink and who tracks. Of course, being a guy who went to a small liberal arts college in the mid to late two- 2000s, Anderson's movies were also some of the most overwatched, overplayed, and overpraised movies I came across, especially for a fellow with an unapologetic love of campy genres like kung fu. Since then, though, I've softened and even come to respect Anderson's work a bit more, partially because he continues to make film after film in his idiosyncratic style, all touching on themes ranging from family drama to sprinklings of whimsy and fun, because and also because everyone with an AI tool feels like they can make one of his movies, and they can't, and they know they fucking can't. Which brings me to his latest, Asteroid City, an offbeat movie about grief and connection that charmed me to no end. Set as the final play of a fictional playwright, the movie follows a small group of parents and genius children who visit the titular Asteroid City to receive awards for their scientific achievements from the military. But the honors are complicated by a number of startling personal developments and the appearance of a UFO that may force everyone in attendance to sort things out. In terms of a Wes Anderson movie, this is unlikely to do anything to sway your opinion on the man as a filmmaker. It is still very much his voice, and there's a lot of familiar faces and players, including Jason, sorry, Jason Schwartzman as our lead, and the entire thing being portrayed as a documentary about a play may as well include a segment where Anderson says, that's why the movie looks like that, it's a play, now let it go and watch the picture! Same goes for his affection for a distinctive color palette, in this case retro 50s western cowboy colors of teal, tan, and sandy beige. The new faces, including Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks, Steve Carell, and beyond, all fit this tone like a glove, partially because they're all experienced comedic actors, but also because of how this entire cast is so well suited to this movie's offbeat blend of whimsy, wonder, grief, uncertainty, and community. For instance, ScarJo playing a world-weary starlet who's gearing up to play another emotionally damaged character who is also wildly insecure about her competencies as a mother and her work as an artist. Hard to think of better casting for that. So what is this movie about? Well, a lot of things, but the biggest theme of this movie is the search for answers. The best place to start with is Jason Schwartzman's war photographer and father, and father who has been hiding his wife's passing from his kids because he didn't know how to tell them or what to tell them. He specifically notes that he doesn't believe in heaven or an afterlife, so what can he tell his kids to make them feel at ease, and what can he do to be the father they need? It's a, The series of questions are pretty ironic considering that they have a collection of young brain power specifically designed to tackle big questions and big mysteries on hand. 
The questions are so troubling and broad that even Schwartzman, as the actor playing the dad, tries to escape his story in search of the answers to see if he's doing it right. And these questions become inescapable instead of passing thoughts in the night when the group is forced into quarantine after an alien encounter. That only invites more questions, partially because of how weird it all is, and it forces everyone to stew on why they do what they do. Intentional or not, this is one of the best examples of how something like a government quarantine or a lockdown could impact you or force you to look in in ways you didn't expect. Admittedly, the movie doesn't feel that existential because it's full of the same dry humor that Anderson's movies always have, including a dry comedic relief performance from Steve Carell as Asteroid City's hotel purveyor, basically every line Jeffrey Wright says, and the wild things the two young, young daughters of Schwartzman's character Augie say. In many ways, this feels like a more sentimental take on the themes Anderson addressed in the Grand Budapest Hotel. Where that movie focused on troubled times that may have been the best of a young man's entire life, Asteroid City feels messy, but also whimsical and fun, like a good memory is. And no, no one knows what they're doing or how things are going to play out, so you might as well try to forge connections, make the most of your opportunities, and do what you love. The verdict is, it's charming as ever. Distinctly within the director's wheelhouse, Asteroid City is another offbeat gem from Wes Anderson. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.